Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome, Welcome. to Warriors Wrap-Up Wrap up. on 95.7 The Game. And Ryan Covey with you, 888-957-9570. That is the phone number to participate in the program as the Warriors lose tonight to the Portland Trailblazers, 123-98, first game inside Chase Center since March the 10th. And unfortunately, Ryan Covey, it, it felt an awful lot like not only the final game the Warriors played last year before the shutdown in Chase Center, but like all too many games that the Warriors played in the 2019-20 season. We talked about it potentially being a barometer for where this Warriors team is at, and it showed us from the jump that this team has a long way to go. Yeah, they sure do. And in, in Portland, they've got firepower we saw that backcourt of Dame and CJ really assert themselves tonight. I mean, you look up and, you know, first CJ's going off and then Dame really starts to assert himself. He's getting anything he wants. And then in the, in the second half, the confidence grows. He's hitting step back threes. And, you know, every time the Warriors flirted with the idea of maybe getting back in this game, cut it down to eight at one point in the second quarter, cut it down to nine in the third quarter, the Blazers had the answer every single time. And, uh, three point shooting, JD, it's going to be a recurring theme this year for the dubs the opposition has had it in droves and the Warriors have not uh and again that was a difference tonight I mean Blazers 20 of 43 from downtown dubs 7 to 35 uh add up those threes and uh there's your margin of victory oh it looks like we lost JD all good no worries uh 888-957-9570 Ryan Covey and John Dickinson we'll get JD back on the line in a hot second but yeah just a really tough way for the uh for the Golden State Warriors to open up their home campaign and uh you know the Portland Trailblazers coming into this game they had just got touched up by the Clippers the other night after a big win against the LA Lakers and, and uh, Damian Lillard in particular had a really bad game. He was 0 of 8 uh, from downtown against the Clippers and so he looked like a guy that was in a cantankerous mood tonight and 
Bottom line, you know, Draymond is going to need to get up to speed, and unfortunately he didn't have those first four games to do it. So this was his kind of reacclimation game, getting up to speed as he hadn't played in you know a couple of hundred days, as it were. Uh, so it was always going to be an uphill battle for Draymond tonight. Uh, but collectively, the, the talent around Steph Curry just simply not doing enough. I mean, James Weissman, we, we see the the promise there and, and certainly the talent uh, in better days will lie ahead for Weissman, but there was a couple of times where he was just in the wrong place and you know a couple of times there was one point in particular where if ever the Warriors just needed to put the ball on the floor and attack the basket in the first half and instead Wiseman uh, hit you know pulls up for a three and you're just those little moments in the game where you know you have to be buttoned up and and kind of make the right basketball play and uh, and the Warriors didn't do it JD and you know I think we saw a very hungry Blazers team tonight where's your concern level that the Chase Center hasn't provided any type of home court advantage I just don't even feel like the Warriors feel totally comfortable playing in that building yet. Yeah, it was just ugly from the start for me tonight. And there have been a lot of nights, I will say, and, and look, this isn't the best shooting team to begin with, but there were a lot of nights last year where I thought, damn, they, they just don't they just don't shoot it well here. But I think a lot of that was the talent level that they're that they're putting on the floor. Uh so I, I just Look, they they got to figure it out, whatever it is. I mean, you you look at it, and, and tonight they're down twenty points uh, before anybody can blink, and it was just a situation where they couldn't knock down a shot, and Portland was hitting everything, and it just opened up the game for the Blazers uh, in a big time way. But yeah, it just it was just bad energy, bad three point defense, bad shooting. Uh, Draymond Green didn't really put an impact, uh, an imprint on the game at all until the third quarter when they made a little run, but then he had to come out and Damian Lillard took it over and it was, you know, call it a night if it hadn't been called when they got down 29 to nine in the first quarter. Yeah, it definitely was going to be an uphill battle after that. I think we knew that the Warriors needed to get off to a good start in this game and have something to protect. Uh, instead, they were in chase mode all game long, and you know Portland just looked comfortable behind the arc the entire night. And, and every time the Warriors would flirt with maybe getting back in the game, uh, the Trailblazers had the answer every time. You know, there's that stretch at the end of the first half, JD, where the Dubs had had cut it down to eight, and you're thinking, man, you know, a nice closeout here in the final couple minutes of the first half, and you know, you, you've really had a nice second quarter, uh, but then Mello hits a couple of threes, you know, in the final minute of the first half. Then the lead, I think, was 12, uh, you know, and then you come out of the break in the third quarter and they push it up to 17, uh, and then the Warriors make another run to cut it down to nine, but then, um, you know, Damian Lillard hits a couple of 30-footers, including a step back that was just so nasty. Uh, So, you know, you just, when you're the Warriors and and you have, you know, maybe not as much firepower as some other teams, i.e. like the Blazers tonight, you can't be in chase the game trailing by 20 points and then cut it down to eight because you know the Blazers are always going to have a run uh, I just felt like the Warriors never got in any rhythm offensively they were trying to force it and it just it, it, it was just an uphill battle from the jump 888-957-9570 888-957-9570 Warriors wrap up John Dickinson Ryan Covey here on 95.7 the game as the Blazers beat the Dubs tonight, 123-98, to uh, a game the Warriors would trail by 20 early, uh, and then they'd make a run in the third quarter, a little run like you mentioned before the half. Blazers, though, in the second half would wind that lead all the way up to 31, and then there was a scary moment late in this one, 321 to go, 
and James Wiseman uh, tweaks his ankle. The good news, with everybody holding their breath on Wiseman, he did meet with the media after the game. Steve Kerr was quick to say that he does not think uh, it's a serious issue uh, and expects him to be good to go on Sunday. I I would hate to be having that conversation on a night that wound up being as ugly as this one was for the Warriors, where we would be talking about the fact that, that maybe they lose James Wiseman in uh, in mop-up duty, basically, trying to get him and Steph and Draymond some run together because they haven't had an opportunity to do it, and then you wind up losing him in a game that you had no shot to win because of it. It looks like, at least for tonight, the Warriors were able to avert and avoid that disaster. Yeah, that would just be catastrophic. I mean, if, if ever there was a player that you need to take a good long look at here in uh, 2020, 2021, it's James Weissman, regardless of how the Warriors fare collectively as a team this year, um, his development at the five and, and just getting him up to speed in this offense and the, you know, on the defensive side of things and just in Steve Kerr's uh, flow of this basketball team, um, it, he's going to be critical because clearly you know, this is going to be a guy that's going to be a centerpiece on this basketball team for many years to come. It would seem uh, so. Yeah, you, you can't really afford any setbacks there. Um, that would just be another broadside to this basketball team. And you know they've already taken two so far this year, losing Clay and then losing Marquise Chris. And then think about what that would do to him at the five spot as well. I know Pascal's played a little small ball five, and and really Pascal JD was probably what the lone bright spot. I mean, we saw a little Kent Bazemore uh, who gave him a bit of a lift in the first half, but by and large, Eric Pascal, dare I say, was the lone bright spot for the Dubs tonight. Yeah, I think so. He he channeled uh, November 4th of 2019, where on his birthday he scored a career-high 34. We talked about it during Warriors Live, and the Warriors got what was the first win ever inside a chase center on that night after Steph Curry had gone down the, the week before, and it was looking like, God, what? how are the Warriors ever going to win a game? And, and Portland came in, and uh, we didn't know it at the time, but Portland was going to be in the midst of uh, some massive early season struggles themselves. And Pascal took over a game in, in the second half and down the stretch and led the Warriors to a victory for a small stretch of tonight's game. It looked like maybe Pascal was channeling a little bit of that game from, from over a year ago. Uh, but, yeah, he could play that center spot. Uh, that, that, that's one where I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about it because that, that's one that I've been – I've been, you know, smacking the table for for a while uh, as the Warriors were looking to maybe play him at the three from time Ugh. to time. It's, it seems like he's a natural four, uh, but he has the ability to, to bully and, and go by uh, with, with his offensive acumen some, some of the slower fives. Yeah, and Terry Stotts, what he had to pull, uh, he had to pull Nurkic out of there at one point, or maybe, maybe it was Cantor, I can't remember, but um, it, you know, uh, he was just uh, he was kind of wearing them out down low with with his uh, his athleticism, quote unquote, you know, uh, with some of those post moves and, and just bulldogging down there. Um, so yeah, that was good to see from Pascal. And, and look, I mean, let's face it, when you're running low on centers and, and Kevon Looney doesn't look like he can play, you know, more than you know twelve to fifteen minutes in any particular game, and you probably don't want Draymond playing a bunch of five right now. Pascal's going to be the guy. And, you know, Weissman, he's still obviously learning. And, you know, who could blame him? He's five games into his NBA career. uh, But they're going to need somebody to fill that role. And 
Steve Kerr has obviously looked to Eric Pascal to do that, and if he can do it, great. We even saw Pascal out there with Draymond a bit for a while tonight uh, with Pascal playing at that five. We might even see some more of that. And 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 I know Fitz talked about it a lot on the television broadcast tonight. Um, it's just going to be about Steve Kerr still trying to find what those right rotational pieces are, who plays well together. Going to be a bit of a work in progress. I'll say this, though, J.D., you know, when when the Warriors acquired Kelly Oubre, I was convinced that Kelly Oubre was going to be a really nice fit in this Warriors offense. I know we're only five games in, but I'm not so sure anymore. And and it's it's not just because he's he's missing open shots. He just he doesn't look to keep his head on a swivel. He doesn't like he doesn't see the play developing as well as I thought he did. He's not a great passer. He's just kind of reckless in you know just the way that he attacks the basket. Now I like aggression at times, but blind aggression that leads to bad turnovers or or you know flailing shots. That's not what the Warriors' offense is all about. So I hope that he can smooth that out. But right now, he's going to have to convince me otherwise. I was convinced he was going to be a fit in this offense, and now I'm pretty convinced he's not a fit in this offense. Yeah, it it doesn't look like a good fit right now. And and I I think he's clearly pressing. uh, He looks like a guy that now doesn't want to take a three-point shot. He was 0 for 4 tonight. He's 1 for 25 now on the season from three-point range. Add them all up, five games in, one for 25 from three-point range for Kelly Oubre. And tonight, I, I think it's apparent he, he's so uncomfortable even taking them that it's impacting his drives. And I think it's making what, what already are, at times, reckless-looking drives even more reckless-looking because it doesn't seem like he's he, – he feel it just seems like he's caught between a rock and a hard place where he doesn't know – he, he in normal circumstances he'd just shoot the three. He doesn't right. want to take the three. He's thinking, well, if I don't take the three, what am I going to do? So even situations where he wouldn't drive, I feel like he's driving, and and it's just compounding matters. And then you add that to the fact that he just doesn't look comfortable playing with. Steph at this point and playing with Wiggins. I mean, none of these guys look comfortable playing with each other. Uh, the, the offensive flow has been, for the most part, dreadful, honestly, in these first yeah. five games. There's been stretches of the, the Bulls game and the Pistons game where the Warriors got to do enough of a flow to to make runs in those games. But but to this point, I, I think it it's also leads us down the path toward this question, which is at what point do you abandon trying to play the same style as the old Warriors? I'm not saying we're there yet, but it feels like we're heading down that path. Yeah, and then it becomes, what, Steph Curry heavy ISO game at that point? Uh, you know, and or running a bunch of pick and roll with him and Weissman? I mean, I there's really, I mean, I, it, look, the bottom line is you have to give it more than five games. I totally understand that, but... I mean, I think you're right, man. There, there's just no co- like cohesion out there, and, and they don't look comfortable. I almost feel like when they actually pull something off, they string a couple of passes together, and and it leads to a lay-in, or you know, somebody actually makes a dribble drive and knocks one down, or pulls up and hits a mid-range. Like guys are almost like surprised when it goes in, and it's oh man, whoa, we made one. Oh, better get back on defense. Like you know, whereas like Portland's out there, you know, they're working up a nice lather. You know, they're they're in the flow, and and guys are hitting. You know, guys are pulling up for three in rhythm and just knocking them down and okay you know everybody's you know backstepping on defense feeling pretty good about things I mean you can just tell like one one offense tonight was in I mean rhythm that's the best way you can describe it is totally in rhythm and the other one is disjointed and and you know still obviously trying to work out the kinks and you know you throw Draymond in there as well and these guys haven't played much with Draymond 
that that I think is going to work itself out, like Draymond's conditioning and whatnot. I, I think we're all kind of resolved to the fact that Draymond's going to give you very little from a scoring standpoint. Um, but you know, this, so still it's going to be on Ubre and Wiggins and Curry particularly to score. Uh, but he will help on both ends as far as ball movement on the offensive end and of course uh, on the defensive end across the board. But I mean, right now offensively, there's zero cohesion. And then I feel like tonight Portland got something unlocked, right? I mean, I, I know the stat lines when it was all said and done, uh, Covington and Jones in particular, their wings didn't have their best nights, but I mean, ultimately, you know, even these guys were starting to get in the flow. They played great defense. They were rebounding the basketball. Uh, so even those guys got their game going tonight. But when you see that backcourt, man, with, with Lillard and CJ, like, it just makes you miss Clay Thompson, JD. I mean, oh, man, you just think you, you got to match blows with these guys. You can't match blows when Kelly Oubre won't even shoot a three. Yeah, the Warriors just are ill-equipped. They they can't they can't match a team as offensively talented as the Blazers. And, and you mentioned Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum, identical eleven for twenty ones tonight. They were both eleven for twenty one, and you add their uh, three point shooting together, and Lillard wound up six for ten. McCollum actually wound up four of eleven. That was after I believe he made his first four. So yeah, he, he did. missed seven straight to close the game out, but they knocked down 10 out of 21 between the two right. of them from three-point range. So, I mean, that is Stephen Clay. I mean, that that yeah. is the, the, the thing that we're used to seeing for, you know, five, six years consecutively from those two, and you're just not going to lose when, when you do that. And, and the Blazers are in a position where, you know, when those two go off, the one thing you can do against Portland going the other way and a lot of teams are able to take advantage of this, is you could score on them. Portland can be a leaky defensive team themselves, and but the Warriors just don't have the firepower to make it hurt the way some other teams uh, in the early going of this season have. Let, let's get to the phones at 888-957-9570. Scante Warrior in Vacaville is up here first on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. What's up, Scante Warrior? J.D. Covey, Happy New Year's, guys. Hey, Me I too. just want to talk about the Warriors. Kelly Oubre, more like Kelly Oubre. That guy can't hit a shot. He looks out of rhythm, and he needs to start doing something different. The Warriors need to get more involved. And Steiny, I'm going to put the rat down on the table. See all right, all right, all right. Off. See you. Thanks, thanks for the call. Appreciate the call. Appreciate the call. You got, you got to know who's on the damn show. Or that's that's an immediate. I I only have a couple of rules. I only have a couple of rules, and maybe that was part of the shtick. But whether yeah, it's part, it part of the, the shtick, yeah. Whether it's part of the shtick or not, you start calling out guys that aren't here, and right. that's an immediate disqualification. <laughs> you got ran. You got teed up and ran. JD. Yeah. No. It, it happens. I always love it when guys call the show and they got a bone to pick with another host. You just tell them what time the other host is on. Be like, yeah, hit them up because you know they'll they'll talk to you about it. I'm sure. Oh, by the way, JD. Before we go any further, um, shout out to my guy Saul, uh, my door dasher tonight. Um, you know, baby. Now we're sitting at the house watching the game and whatnot. Door dash a little cheesecake factory, and I go outside to to meet the door dash driver. He's got 95.7 the game locked in. He's listening to the Dubs game, so chopped it up with him for a hot second. He's out there grinding, dropping off meals for everybody, working hard on New Year's Day, listening to the Warriors game. So had to shout out my guy Saul on uh, on DoorDash tonight. But uh, yeah, You're man, it, thank you. He is man. He brought hey dude. He brought the uh, the uh, the avocado egg rolls over. Uh, we had a nice. little uh, little pepperoni pizza. Oh yeah, man, it was all good. Chili, so. <laughs> baby, 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 baby. Baby. 
Thank you. Uh, yeah, so no, shout out to my guy, though. He had it locked in on 95.7, so you know what time it is. Um, but, hey, here's the deal, J.D. Uh, Trailblazers, we'll see him on Sunday. So we'll see what adjustments the Warriors can make. I do agree with the first part of that call, though. Kelly, I don't know about Kelly Oubrick, but it certainly ain't Kelly Oubmade. Or, I don't know, I'm sorry there. But, yeah, no, Oubre's struggling, man, no doubt. Uh, let's keep it moving on the phone lines, 888-957-9570. Apparently, it's nickname night to start 2021. Law-abiding citizen is up next on Warriors Wrap-Up. Hey, what's up? Um, I actually, you know, I just want to comment real quick. J.D., you look great. I'm actually from the Sacramento area, and I just recently saw you out here. You're looking great. But anyways, uh, I want to comment on the Warriors lineup. I, I got to agree with Skonte Warrior out there. He... He mentioned something about about Ubre, and you know it's like they 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 got done building the Chase Center, and this guy's been you know lugging you know chucking up these bricks, and you know the arena's been finished for like a couple of years now. So like it's just like something's got to happen. They got to do some with the lineup to maybe bring some of these new guys in, like Steve Kerr, Steve Kerr this season. He's got to look at it closely, guys. But uh, anyways, thanks for the call, guys. JD, you look great. Keep the weight off, and you look fantastic, man. I'm really proud of you. Appreciate the call. Law-abiding citizen checking in. Here on love, JD. The game. Yeah, all love. I No, yeah. no issue. Yeah. New Year's Day. It. Yeah, thank you. New Year's Day. Cat's feeling pretty good, apparently, Friday night. Yeah. Hey, this might have been one you might have had to tip a couple uh, to get through because, my goodness. Um, and, hey, I'll say this, though. Saw little Kent Bazemore tonight. Hadn't seen Bays in a few, and uh, – I, I think, you know, he, he can give him a lift defensively, and he even knocked down a few shots. If nothing else, I think uh, Bazemore might have earned a little bit more PT going forward. I, you would think. I mean, he was in the rotation. Jordan Poole was out of the rotation. It, it had uh, – there was a little bit of the vibe, like maybe they were trying to give Jordan Poole an opportunity the first couple of games, maybe yeah. thinking that he had earned a spot, so they took Bazemore out. Uh, and then they basically flipped it today. So it looks like there's going to be one guard maybe that's out of the rotation on a night-in, night-out basis. Uh, and Bazemore was back in and Jordan Poole was out until it wound up being uh, mop-up time. So we'll continue the conversation, 888-957-9570. We will hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, uh, as well uh, following this one. An ugly, ugly night for the Dubs at Chase Center. Blazers beat the Warriors 123-98. to uh, Warriors wrap-up rolls on here on 95.7 The Game. Now, back to Warriors Wrap-Up with Ryan Covey and John Dickinson on 95.7 The Game. Blazers beat the Warriors 123-98, so the Dubs now 2-3. and three. Blazers improved to 3-2. and two. Same two teams at Chase Center on Sunday afternoon. Of course, we'll have that for you right here on 95.7 The Game. 888-957-9570. That's where Andy in San Francisco checks in. Andy, you're on Warriors Wrap-Up here with J.D. and Covey on 95.7 The Game. Hey, what's up, J.D. and Covey? Happy New Year to you guys. Um, you too, bro. Just wanted to give a quick comment on the Warriors' chemistry issues, actually, that's been plaguing them this season. I mean, you've got – essentially, you've got a – like Fitz said in one of the broadcasts, you've got a bunch of strangers who are now set teammates that they still have to mesh well together, not only offensively but defensively. And now, specifically, when we're talking about Kelly Oubre, I think he'll get out of his offensive slump because he knows how to impact the game. 
in so many other ways. I mean, you see him with the defensive tenacity that can be coached and can be focused up a little more. And I think essentially what's going to happen is once he starts rolling defensively, he's going to start finding his shot a little more. So I don't think it's time to hit the panic button just yet on the Warriors season. Um, it's obviously going to take some growing pains with this brand new team. But, you know, I think if any coach going to be Coach Steve Kerr, and, yeah, I, you know, we just got to be more patient as Warrior fans. You know, we've kind of been spoiled in the past. So if we just kind of have a little more patience and see how this plays out throughout the season, I think we'll be better. But the defense has to step it up, especially after tonight's uh, blowout loss against the Blazers. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate the call. It, look, it's not time to hit the panic button yet, but the reality of this thing is they've played three good teams and they've gotten blown out in all three of those games, and then they've played two other teams that probably are among the bottom five or eight or so in the NBA, and they've figured out ways to win. Uh, either way, I mean, it's good that the Warriors didn't lose one of those other games, but but if I put it to you this way, what's more likely uh, right now, Ryan, that the Warriors are going to beat a good team or lose to one of the bad teams? I, I think yeah. the answer right now would be they're they're going to slip up and lose to one of the bad teams before they beat a good team because they haven't been competitive against a yeah. good team yet. No, that's that's a great way to describe it, J.D., and unfortunately that's what they're up against. And, and while I was kind of banging the table, uh, you know, in a similar fashion around Kelly Oubre, it kind of flipped for me tonight. And, and not that I don't think he can find it again, but – Instead of me being optimistic that he's going to find it and kind of giving him the benefit of the doubt, like now he's going to have to show me that he is a fit in this offense and it is going to work because now I feel like I've seen enough evidence where of it not working. Uh, and, and look, guys go through slumps. Guys have, you know, rough transitions into new systems. And, and you know, the caller's point's also well taken about all these players who haven't played a lot together. All, all of that stuff is understandable, and it's a huge part of why they're not winning basketball games right now, and, and they're getting smoked uh, you know, in a couple of these. But the reality is these guys aren't also knocking down open shots. And Steve Kerr's offense, if you're not going to hit open shots, you're not going to win basketball games straight up. The defensive stuff, I hopefully it'll iron itself out on some level as guys get a little more comfortable. The offense is where I'm worried about, J.D. I mean, what, this is the third time this year they failed to hit 100 points? Like That just simply ain't going to cut it. No, it's not going to cut it. It's def it's especially not going to cut it in the Western Conference where even the bad teams can score points. Like that's the like when you start looking at the teams that aren't very good in the Western Conference or teams that project to maybe be non-playoff teams in the Western Conference, it's it's a team like Sacramento that's scoring 120 with ease. It's Minnesota scoring a lot of points with, with D'Angelo Russell and, and with Carl Towns when Towns is healthy uh, and, and, and guys like Anthony Edwards getting into the mix. Uh, you know, it, it, it's teams like, like Memphis who can, who can get up even without John Morant, they're scoring points uh, right now. Phoenix is scoring points. Pelicans. Like, you, the Pelicans, yeah, they when they lose, it's typically 125 to 115. So it just, I mean, you go up and down the list, and, and even the teams that don't win a lot uh, are, are able to, to put up some offensive numbers. That That's almost, uh, you know, to use the, the, clay, the cliche JD phrase, that's price of admission stuff. You got to be able to, you got to be able to push 110 in today's MV, NBA with regularity if you're, if you're going to, 
if you're going to hang in and be competitive on a night-in, night-out basis. Let's keep it moving on the phone lines, and we are going to hear from Steve Kerr, but the calls have been coming in. Sam in West Oakland. West Oakland Sam joins us here on 95.7 The Game. West Oakland Sam, what's up, my brothers? Happy New Year, y'all. Yeah, yeah. Happy New Year. Yeah, man, Happy New Year, guys. Hey, um, uh, I had an epiphany tonight, and my epiphany was – I think as warrior, as a diehard warrior fan, we went from being um, the bottom feeders to having nothing to all of a sudden having this anomaly situation where we, where we were this team that was like unexpectedly great, and now there, uh, and now we're dealing with a situation where we come from being this unexpectedly great team to where we're at now. And it's like there was no in-between for what we're going through right now. Like, we didn't really have an in-between. It was just like, oh, KD left, Clay got hurt, now we got to figure things out on the, on, the fly, on the fly. And it's just like, as a Warrior fan, it's hard to take in because it's like, damn, we went from a high straight to a low. You know what I mean? Whereas, I, I guess I can compare it to how the Bulls ended whenever Jordan left, how they went from... Um, yeah. No run straight to just all of a sudden the Bulls went from Jordan to just nothing. I compare it to that in a sense, and I hope and I hope we don't end up as bad as where the Bulls are because they haven't they have well they had Derrick Rose for the moment, but but I don't want to compare it to that in terms of the fall off, but it, it's very similar to me if you understand what I'm saying, you know? Yeah, hundred percent. And and no it's doubt. just like we don't have a. Like there's no scenario that that is in between coming from a championship run to becoming a bottom feeder. It just immediately happened. It, so. it, thanks, Sam. That's a, no, it's a great point. And look, I mean, it took the took the Bulls a decade basically to get Derrick Rose in the mix too. I think the Warriors yeah. are ahead of that. I mean, Steph still plays for the Warriors. I mean, Michael Jordan never played for the Bulls again uh, at the point in which their run ended. So I do think there are some similarities. There, uh, obviously, from a team that went championship caliber to to among the the worst in the league immediately, I, I don't think it's that dire yet. Even as you know poorly as the Warriors have played in the three games that they've lost, uh, but but yeah, it just I, I think there was a belief that okay, this thing's going to go from championship level to all right, maybe this is a 44-win team in an, in an 82-game season, or some, or maybe this is a 38-34 and 34 team in a 72-game season. It, it Time will tell, but th- this this team doesn't look like it's a 500 team uh, right now at all, given what we've seen in, in, in the first five games of the season. Yeah, no, it's it's looking like it's going to be a, you know a, an uphill battle. And, and no, I, I think, though, uh, Sam's point also very well taken. It, you know, it's tough, too, when you go – from the outhouse to the penthouse to go back to to the outhouse again, right? I mean, it's just and, and there was no ramp down. It was one minute you're in the NBA Finals and all this you know this unprecedented catastrophic run of events happens, and then boom, you're winning 15 games. A pandemic hits, like it's just one blow after another, and then it, you only compound it, losing Clay Thompson again this year. I mean, this franchise 
for for as much success as it had for five years, when it ended, like it ended bad and it ended quick and it was it was just stiff like that drop off. And so I, I think collectively this franchise is still kind of coping with that and, and still reeling a bit from it. And it'll take a while for this thing to sort itself out. It's just a lot of new faces and a lot of moving parts. Um, it's not going to make it any easier on nights like this. The stomach getting smoked by the Blazers. But you go back to the drawing board. This team's already shown some resolve after getting smoked in the first two games. JD winning the next two, albeit against lesser than competition. But um, you know, it, at least there is some something to go on here that this team can can collectively dust themselves off and still find some confidence and find ways to win basketball games. And it doesn't look great right now, but if the Warriors come out and, and get a win on Sunday, it, it's a completely different outlook at that point. Sure. It, then it's, hey, you're 3-3, three and three, Sacramento's coming in, that that's a winnable game, and you would have, at that point, beaten a good team in Portland. I mean, it can, it can flip fast in the early going of this season, but at some point... You're going to reach a fork in the road, and you know if if the trend holds and you lose to Portland, and then maybe Sack who's put that rat on the table. Sack's playing better than the Warriors right now. They, they got are. two wins against Denver. They beat Phoenix. They damn near beat the Rockets in a competitive game yesterday. Uh, you know they're playing better than the Warriors are right now, point blank. So. Uh, you know, that's not going to be an easy game. There isn't an easy game on this schedule, period, for the Warriors the, these next six, beginning on Sunday against Portland. Warriors wrap up. John Dickinson, Ryan Covey. Blazers beat the Dubs 123-98. Uh, the telling stat among many, and we'll hear from Steve Kerr, 23-pointers made for the Blazers tonight on 43 attempts. They shoot 46.5% from three. The Warriors 7 for 35 so the Warriors outscored by 39 tonight uh, from three-point range. Yikes. Outscored by yeah. 39 points from three-point range. Let, let, let's hear uh, fr- from Steve Kerr, head coach of the Warriors. Uh, he talked about a number of different things after the ball game, uh, but let, let's hear Steve on the defensive issues. We're not connected, obviously. I mean, defense is about five men being connected and, and – uh, we're getting a lot of holes um, at the point of attack, and then we're getting broken down, and teams are swinging the ball into wide open shots. Um, I think we we must be up there leading the league in fouls too. We just foul. We get into the bonus with you know seven minutes left in in every quarter. It seems like uh, with all of our fouling, so um, it's hard to sustain any type of de- defensive effort when teams are at the free throw line all the time and. Uh, Obviously, when they're knocking down threes too. Now they they hit some tough ones um, in that first quarter, but um, all in all, yeah, we are we are not not connected defensively. You you said you're more worried about the offense than the defense. I, I feel like I feel like this team has the ability to be much better defensively than we've seen. I'm a little more concerned about the offense because I I feel like I'm just not sure. It's going to get a little better, but I'm not sure how how much better it's going to get. Like, is Kelly Oubre all of a sudden going to be you know, going to be hitting uh, for? Is he be shooting forty percent from three point range? I mean, no, that's not the that's not the player that that he's been throughout the course of his career. Is Wiggins all of a sudden going to be consistent? I mean, I think there's more issues right now. Off like defense, you can look at athleticism, you can look at Draymond back, you can look at the fact that they're not connected, and maybe you can get connected offensively, it may just be the talent that they have. 
Yeah, no, they're definitely coming up short from a talent standpoint, no question. And, yeah, I mean, coming into the game tonight, uh, the Warriors were giving up 24 uh, personal fouls a game, and only the Wizards and the Clippers had allowed more, and, and obviously they were back at it again tonight. I mean, Dame was just, you know, forcing the Warriors into fouls, and then when they throw down to the block, Nurkic was getting hacked every time, um, you know, kind of abusing Wiseman in, in that respect, and we've seen that so far in the early going. Uh, also, the three-point shooting. You look at the numbers tonight for Portland. And it is staggering, 20 of 43. You mentioned the, the percentage. Right now on the season, J.D., I went back and, and added it all up. 85 for 190 from three-point range in the five games for the opposition. 45% the Warriors are allowing from three-point range. That is insane. It's a, it is a small sample size, but I, I have one point of context uh, for, for that. The worst three-point percentage, uh, opponent three-point percentage in the league last year was a tick under 39. So right, right. now, so right now it's 6% worse than what the worst for the entire league was for the, for the, for the season last year. Yeah. And a 6% differential in three-point shooting could be the difference between a team going to the playoffs and, and a team, a couple of, you know, four or five games under 500 or worse. It's just it's brutal, brutal stuff. What did you think of Draymond Green tonight in, in his return? Yeah. Uh, I, I, over three, four fouls, four assists. Steve Kerr said he's going to play him about twenty minutes. I mean, he was out there in garbage time with Steph and Wiseman, and that nearly had a catastrophic impact. When Wiseman tweaked his ankle, Kerr pulled the plug at that timeout and took everybody out. So Draymond only wound up with 1738 uh, of total minutes, but just, just not a lot going on for Dre in his 2021 debut. Yeah. And it, it, what really sucks is like, Tonight, you know, the, the Warriors collectively as a team, you know, this is game number five for them. And, and, you know, there's obviously some shortcomings with this team right now. But, you know, and maybe some other areas guys are finally starting to, you know, get a little bit of rhythm after, you know, a couple of wins in Chicago and Detroit, respectively. And then you throw Draymond in there, who's still basically on a conditioning assignment, you know, in, in a live NBA game. And so... Collectively, the rest of the team is, at, you know, at, at more of a, you know, level up to speed, and Draymond's not there yet. That's why, again, it's so frustrating that he wasn't playing, you know, into Chicago and Detroit, where those were easier games to to get him back up to speed. I mean, chasing around the Blazers and, and all their three point shooters tonight. I mean, that's a tough assignment, and you know, even you know that that front court for uh, for the Blazers, you know, guys like Jones and Covington. Even when Harry Giles came in, he I thought he was really active obviously Carmelo Anthony's running guys out to the three-point line I mean Draymond was in chase mode and, and it just for a game where you know you're still trying to get your conditioning up this was a really tough ask for Draymond tonight uh and his offense I mean his shot is like it still looks you know almost you know unwatchable if he's not scoring in transition JD where he's basically hitting layups um you're not going to get much from Draymond shooting the basketball these days. So um, I would say if I had to put a letter grade on it, I mean, I'd give him a D uh, because, you know, I'll, I'll stop short of saying it was an F simply because he hadn't played much this year, but it didn't look good. I know that. No, it looked like a guy still trying to work his way back uh, from from COVID and from not being able to be out there at the beginning of training camp. Uh, let's hear from Steve Kerr on on Draymond Green and, and his debut this season. Draymond just looks like he's uh, you know getting his wind. I mean, it looked like uh, he looked like a guy who missed training camp and you know um, has been 
working his way to get onto the floor. It looked like an exhibition style game for him. And that's not a criticism. It's just, it's just where he is physically. Um, you know, he got a really tough break um, coming into the season uh, with the uh, COVID protocols. And, and uh, so it's going to take him some time. I mean, I, 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 I'm glad to have him back and, and he needs a few games under his belt to, to get that conditioning and that rhythm. But uh, you know, it's uh, there's no question. It's going to take some time. So there you have it, and I would imagine Draymond probably on Sunday it's going to be a similar type deal, 20, 25-minute range, and, and it's probably going to take the bulk of the homestand to try and try and ramp those those minutes up for him. Yeah, and, you know, it's going to be a process, but that's why, J.D., for me, it's it's frustrating. Like, I don't know. I just I'll always feel like he should have been out there for these type of minutes, uh, you know, against Chicago or at least against Detroit and what would have been a much easier situation to ease him back in. Um, You know, again, there's nothing you can do about it now. And you just hope that he can go out there and be better on Sunday. I know Steve Kerr is looking at this, um, you know, with with more of a a long term view. And and I, I think it's important for Warriors fans to kind of take that view as well. I mean, our job is to react to the individual games and then kind of look big picture, uh, you know, on top of it. But I, you know, for tonight, it was it was frustrating to watch, and you can only hope that he can get better. Uh, but it sure would have been nice to have him out there on that road trip because then tonight maybe he would have been up to a little bit of a higher clip of speed. Eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Robin, Robin, we still have Robin on the line. She joins us here on ninety five seven. The game. Hi, you guys. Happy New Year. Um, it just is what it is. I'm not. I just want to address that last caller. You guys probably will disagree with me, but, you know, I don't see why people, uh, not you guys when I said, are are kind of, uh, you know, surprised at the drop-off. If you pay attention to uh, the rules and what's been happening in the NBA, if you looked at the contracts for the, for the players, if you saw the sour cap of the money of the Warriors and looked at the players and the top heavy, you knew that it was coming to an end. And so I had mentioned earlier on another show, you know, the Warriors have been at this for the last seven years. Okay, because the, the two years they were in the playoffs before they won the finals. And not many teams, they might be good, but not many teams or organizations are going to win, are going to be in five straight finals. The salary caps are just not going to call for it. So that really surprises me about people when they say, oh, the drop off, it's really hard. Weren't you paying attention? Didn't you see what was going on before your eyes? Okay. And they went for it all for it uh, last, uh, the year before last. They were top heavy. The bench was garbage, and it didn't work out. They were planning on. They were trying to look at sustainability to see how they could sustain because they knew it was coming to an end. So if they could just get back to that, and it's going to take some time because they're just flipping chess pieces right now. And on a brighter note, um, I did. How about that play though from uh, Andrew Wiggins where he flipped it in the back? And I do like uh, Ubre's uh, dunking. So. It if there's any bright spots to that. Peace out, you guys, and happy new year. Thanks, Robin. Look, it it, it changed fast because Kevin Durant left and Clay Thompson got hurt, and they went from Durant and Iguodala at, at, as their wings, maybe the best small forward combo in the league, 
to basically having Glenn Robinson the third and and Alec Burks, who's not even a true small forward, and then they they were able to flip that into Wiggins and Ubre. So it's closer to passable than it was a year ago, but it's nowhere. I mean, it, they went from they went from one of the best being maybe the one of the best teams at that position of all time to maybe one of the worst team in the league at that spot. And now they're they're playing catch up there. And oh, by the way, Clay Thompson, in the midst of coming back, had another season-ending injury before he ever played a game. So, I mean, the reality is they're they're doing their best to try and compete now. And they also have James Wiseman now in the mix. And look, if this thing goes awry, like we've talked about a lot, they're going to have a very good pick of their own. And they would likely have a very good pick. Of, of the Timberwolves too. So it's not like this team isn't going to be void of ways to, to get better. Even if this season does uh, go awry at some point. Yeah. Uh, look, I mean, Robin, Robin laid it out. We all know the score and, and that's why I've been of the mind to, to remind folks. It's not anybody's fault, right? Like, it's not like, Oh my God, nobody, nobody screwed up. Like a bunch of things happened. Guys left, guys got hurt, guys retired, guys moved on. Cycle of life in sports. And then it's just on, you know, on the Warriors to adapt. And you appreciate the five years. You appreciate the seven playoff trips. And you hope that you can get back there as soon as possible. You have to have some patience along the way, though. There's no doubt. Before we get out of here, let's hear from Steph Curry. Steph Curry tonight, 9 of 20 himself, uh, hit for 26 points, 4 of 12 from 3. But we were talking about the defensive issues that the Warriors have had uh, in terms of guarding the three. Blazers hit 23 pointers in the game tonight, and Steph addressed the three-point defense. Just awareness and the ability to make the extra effort on closeouts and Trusting your defense behind you, I think that's the biggest thing. You know, there's a lot of space out there, especially with certain lineups that teams are throwing out. Three out of five teams, even Chicago, they all had three-point lineups out there. They spaced the floor, moved around, and they have a lot of capable guys that can make it. So you got to be able to fly around, trust that you can take away the three, be aggressive on closeouts to the body, and you're going to have somebody behind you to help. And uh, we haven't gotten to that level yet. So and it's deflating when you see the threes going in left and right, taking the ball out the net and coming back puts too much pressure on your offense and it's putting pressure on an offense that that frankly just can't match it on a night in night out basis uh and I, I think that's the one area i know i've said this before i do feel like from where the league was even two years ago certainly three years ago there's just so many more teams that have so many more shooters it's a different league in that way than the one that the Warriors were, were thriving in when they were going to the five straight finals. They had the advantage at that point in time in that manner. And now there's 20 teams in the league that, that play similar to the way the Warriors did. Yeah, they were ahead of the curve because they reshaped the curve. And then the rest of the NBA adapted because the Warriors basically changed the way that the NBA game was played. And then they lost a lot of that personnel that allowed them to revolutionize the game while the rest of the NBA was adding uh, to their personnel. And so here you are. This is where we're at. The Warriors are are in catch-up mode. And I think Steph's point's well taken. When you're pulling the ball out of the net, it can be very deflating. And, and it really slows down what this Warriors offense wants to do, which is get out and push the pace, move that ball around. Uh, you know, and, and make that extra pass to get an open look, keep the upper, other team's defense moving around and discombobulated. I mean, the Warriors right now are kind of getting a dose of their own medicine, um, you know, from what they've been doing to teams for the last handful of years. So uh, they're, they're still learning how to deal with that, and, and they're not at their best when they're, you know, coming up after, a, you know, an allowed bucket in a, you know, in a half-court set having to slow things down. It's just it's exponentially harder that way. 
It, it really is. And, uh, hey, the, the war- one thing about this particular matchup, though, uh, the Warriors are going to get another shot at it tomorrow or after practice tomorrow and take it on this Portland team again on Sunday uh, at Chase Center. And, and we're going to be right back at it with Warriors Live on Sunday at 4 o'clock. So uh, good good stuff tonight, my man. Happy New Year to you. You too, brother. Uh, and, your, and your wife. And uh, we'll, we'll talk again on Sunday. Sounds good, bro. Yeah, and hopefully uh, a little better effort. And, uh, hey, look, the Warriors aren't going to allow 45% three-point shooting all year unless maybe they are. Then we're in trouble. <laughs> that would be that would be a major problem, as I've been known <laughs> to say uh, from time to time. All right, that's going to do it for us. Uh, Blazers get the win over the Warriors, 123-98. Uh, thanks to Sterling Bennett. Uh, thanks to Arden and Sam as well. Uh, that's going to do it for Ryan Covey. I'm John Dickinson. We are back 4 o'clock Sunday with Warriors Live, and I'll be back tomorrow, 9 a.m. with Warriors this week. Nick Friedel will be joining me. Uh, we'll keep Cheating the conversation We'll keep the conversation going in about nine and a half hours. Feel free to call in. I, you can, I will. You You're cheating on me lines. with Friedel, man. I'm going to get peanut can... butter and jealous, J.D. <laughs> I like we'll, uh, yeah, That's pretty good. That's pretty good. So that'll do it for us. Uh, right. Back Sunday. Uh, Blazers get the win tonight over the Warriors, 123 to 98. And uh, you heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.